Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this message, Lord. We thank you for um, each and every one of us, uh, our stories, Lord, that, that in our life story that we can find you and we can look back and we can find um, your grace and your love and your mercy uh, always there no matter what we've been through. And, and we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, so my name's Nathan, and um, who was here uh, about three, maybe three and a half years ago when I shared my, my testimony? I was afraid I had, a, I had a nightmare last night that everyone would have raised their hand, and then I would have been like, shoot, then we'd have to have like open mic night or something. <laughs> but okay, yeah, so uh, about three years ago, I shared my, my, my story, my testimony, um, my journey, um, and when they asked me to speak today, um, I was like, oh, man, uh, what should I, you know, share? What should I? And I, I was thinking, I said, man, it's been almost four years since I shared my story. And I, I thought, well, I'll just go ahead and share that from, from the space where I am now, because that was four years ago. And so, you know, for me, myself, um, it's, it's a constant uh, change. You know, I'm constantly changing, constantly you know, finding ways to better myself, and, and you know, people who know me now see, see how I am now, um, but you can't appreciate uh, the, the person that I am now unless you know where I came from, and so uh, I'm going to share that again, and, and we're going to um, kind of go in a different direction than I did last time, but if you see me with my phone, I'm not on Instagram or TikTok or anything. Uh, my iPad has a cracked screen because uh, anything that's worth over $500 in our home does not stand a chance. <laughs> like, it, it does not stand a chance. You got to have it up high or it's getting cracked or broke. So if I'm on my phone, I'm looking at my notes. Um, yeah. So I'm married. Uh, if you don't know, I'm married to Danielle over there, the worship leader. Um, yeah, I'm very lucky. And we have three boys. I saw... Will Ferrell on the Ellen show the other day, or it wasn't the other day, it was probably like a month ago, and he, he, said, he explained having three boys to a T. He said, having three boys is the equivalent of running a small correctional facility. <laughs> and that is like, when I heard that, I was like, oh man, I'm, like that is like, you can't explain it better than that, have, having three boys. So, uh, and man, our life is so good. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, we, we have such a good life. And the other night, I was, I was just laying there, and everyone was there, you know, my whole family and everything. We're watching TV. We're not doing anything important or whatever. And I just, like, looked, and I was like, this is, like, happiness. Like, this is what it's all about. And, and you know, I started thinking of where I came from, and um, it could have gone in a way different direction. And so, um, you know, God has changed me. I came from a place of darkness, of no hope, chaos. You know, our, our marriage was failing. And Psalms 40 verse 2 says this. It says, uh, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. And yeah, so that's a, um, an awesome scripture. And so what that says is, is that he lifted me up out of the pit and set you know, set your feet on solid ground. And so that was my problem is, is I had no solid ground. And I think that's why, why people 
don't change. They go years and years without changing. I mean, decades without change. They go their whole life without changing is they're stuck in the pit. Is they, they don't have solid ground to stand on. And so that's where I was. And when you're on solid ground, you know, something solid you can build from, right? You can, you can build from. But when you're in, like, a pit in the, in the muck and the mire, like what that scripture talks about, you can't go anywhere. You're stuck. Uh, I remember when I was in the Army, um, we did some training in the swamps of Florida. And when you would be in, anybody ever walked through a swamp before? No? Okay. <laughs> You're very lucky. So the swamps in Florida, like the whole, I mean, it's underwater. So the whole ground is like, you take one, like you can't see, man. It's like water up to your waist and you're just walking and whatever's under there with you is under there with you, right? Yeah. And so you'll be walking and all of a sudden you'll take a step and you'll just sink in, in um, you know, mud or whatever. And there's, there's like um, tree stumps. I don't know why they don't grow, but the trees only grow, like, and so you can't see them, and so you hit your shins, and then you fall, and you sink, and it's like, oh my gosh, you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything productive when you're not on solid ground, and you get on solid ground, and then you can, you know, uh, walk, you can <laughs> do the actual mission that you're supposed to do, and so that's kind of what this is talking about, where you're not on solid ground, and so the very thing that that should have been my solid ground, which is the love of God, the very thing that I should have been building myself on uh, was the very thing that was my pit. Because I thought all the stuff that I went through, all the stuff that I'd done in my life, uh, that that, that God was somehow going to hold that against me for the rest of my life. And so what should have been my solid ground was actually my pit. And so I had to get out of the pit. Nothing we can ever do or go through um, in life is uh, more powerful than that moment when Jesus lifts you up out of that pit and puts you on solid ground. Or that moment of awakening of the realization of of God's love and his acceptance, no matter where you are. There's nothing more powerful than that. And, you know, nobody's too far gone. Like, I wouldn't be standing here today. If, if that was the case. Uh, it's a miracle that I'm standing here. It's a miracle that I'm up here. It's a miracle that we are married, uh, my, my, my wife and I, we should be uh, for real, like, like divorced. And so looking at it from where I am right now, uh, there is no one that is, is too far gone. And so that's, that's one of the main points here. Um, if, if I'm standing up here and I'm talking to you, then there's hope for, for anyone. Like, for real. Uh, so I was in the Army for, for 10 years. Um, I've, I went to Afghanistan three times and Iraq twice. And so um, in that 10 years, um, you know, I've, like I said, I was deployed a lot. And I love my job. I love the camaraderie. I love uh, the excitement. I love the responsibility. Um, there's something about responsibility when, when one decision you make can, you know, be like the welfare of like other people. Like there's something about that that like <clears throat> that turned me on about about the job that I did, uh, you know, and and it it really um, caused me to love my job, and <clears throat> and so you know I always say this too. Like I don't I don't talk about the army. Like if you 
knew me outside of this place, um, you would have never known that I was in the army. Because I don't go, I, I, I just don't talk about it. It's, it's awkward to me. Um, I don't consider myself like a hero or whatever. Because there's like hundreds and hundreds of, of people, of guys that I served with who are like legit, like solid, brave guys. And, um, you know, we see all the movies we see, you know, in all the books, there's books. And so I'm not, I, I don't talk about that stuff, but what I enjoy talking about, what I um, will talk about freely with people is the stories about my life in the military where you can take me out of the equation and put any random person in there, and God is still the center of, of those stories because there's no way um, that I should have made it out of there alive. And so that's the one thing I talk about. You know, I don't, my wife always tell you know at we go to restaurants and stuff and um <clears throat> and they'll be like oh uh you know we offer a military discount and i i don't say anything and she elbows me like get the discount dude like what are you doing and it's like i don't want to tell people i was in the army man like i'm doing stuff now like my life is good now like why do i want so that's just how i look at it i mean there's a lot of people who are proud and you should be proud and there's there's value in all that but um, usually when, when like we're in a service or something, uh, and, or anywhere and they say, oh, uh, if you're a veteran, raise your hand. Like, I don't, I don't ever raise my hand or anything. I just like, you know, keep quiet. My wife's looking at me like, what is your problem, man? Like, I just don't talk about it. So, um, and so, uh, in the military, you know, um, I, I loved it, like I said, and, uh, what happened was going overseas, um, I, w- I would go over there, and when I came back over here, in my mind, I was, I was still over there. So I was operating over here, like I couldn't turn it off. Like a lot, of, you know, there's some guys that, that can go over there, they go through the stuff, you know, all the, all the craziness and all the, um, the missions and everything and all the danger, uh, depending on what job you have. But um, some guys I worked with could go over there perform at a high level, and then they could come over here and survive, you know, they weren't like living the good life, but they were at least keeping it together, I was the opposite, I would go over there, and I would be over there, I would be operating at a high level, I'd be doing my job, I'd be loving it, and then I would come over here, and I would be over there in my mind, like I said, and so um, the things uh, I, you know, i I was, um, our marriage, like, it was straight chaos, man. Um, my anger uh, was off the chain. Like, I would just flip out at the drop of a hat. We went to, <laughs> we went to, um, where'd we go, Walmart or somewhere where they sold, like, lunch or chicken. Or, anyway, we went to lunch. And uh, this was after one of my deployments. And <laughs> I walked in, we walked in there, and we're ordering the food. And the lady, you know, she takes her order. Everyone loves her because she's so sweet. And then she looks at me, and um, I order, and I want something that's on the menu. It's clearly on the menu, but I can't have it because I ordered it wrong. I don't know. It was some loophole that she said, yeah, that I couldn't. Yeah, I was like, it's right there on the, I forgot what it was, but like it's right there on the menu. And uh, she's like, oh, well, yeah, you have to get this, this, this in order to get that. And I'm like, I'm talking about it calm now, but, like, I was getting heated. And I was holding, like, orange juice or something. 
and I just grabbed it and I slammed it down on like a display and I just watched said, I hate this. I said something. I probably didn't say that. I probably said something that I shouldn't say here, but um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I just walked out and so I just flipped out and I mean, just random. I don't know, man. I would just flipped out. I was lost. I was like lost, like any sense of a normal uh, grown adult that was not me. Like, I was losing it. I was hypervigilant. Any noise that, was, that, that would come from our house, I'd be, like, out the door with my gun. Like, let's do this, dude. Here we go. This is it, you know? And so that was my life here. Like, I had no peace. Our marriage was horrible. Over there, overseas, uh, numerous times almost getting, like, killed, you know? Like, legit almost getting killed. Um, and so that's where my mind would be over there, uh, just to give some perspective uh, on, on like the, the intenseness of um, what we did over there. Um, <clears throat> this was just one time, and uh, we, were, we did all of our missions at night. Excuse me. We did all of our missions at night, and we were, we were on our way to this compound to capture this guy. And... <clears throat> My squad was what they call the breach squad, the first squad into the door. And so there was this compound, and it was, it, this was in Afghanistan. How these compounds are set up a lot of times is they have a wall built around them, and you have a house in the center of them, so you have to gain access to the, the wall of the compound before you actually get to the house. And so, I mean, there could be anything in there. Well, there was two doors on this wall, and it was like probably as long as this uh, front here, and there was a door and then another door, and so I split my squad on, um, on these two doors, and we were going to go in at the same time, and uh, there was another door there, but I, I, I thought it was like an outhouse, and we tried to open it, and it, it was locked. You could tell it was locked, and so we thought, okay, well, we'll just watch that door, and so we, we got everything set. And just as I was going to uh, initiate, like, the breach where, where they would go inside, um, I hear, a, a, like, a, a clicking of, like, a gun. And I was like, what the heck? Because I, I thought, I was like, why are my guys, I mean, like, these guys are idiots. Like, what are they, you know, like, you should already have a, a round chamber. Like, we're literally about to get to a gunfight right now. And that's, like, the thoughts, that, the split-second thoughts is running through my uh, mind. And um, as soon as I turned around to, like, you know, start seeing what was going on with these dudes, uh, that door that, that I was talking about where I thought was a bathroom was locked, it opened right up. And I was in between the two. I kind of had my back to that door, which is my mistake anyway. But uh, <clears throat> And so this guy comes out. He's about from Dwayne to me, and he's, he, he has an AK-47, what they carry over there, uh, pointed right at me, and he just starts firing. And it's probably like like. 15 to 20 uh, rounds that he, you know, expends in my direction from like 10 feet away. And uh, I was like, whoa, this is, this is intense, man. <clears throat> and so like, you know, stuff happens. He, you know, gets dealt with or whatever. And, um, but I'm fine. I, 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 I got some shrapnel on my face. A couple of bullets hit the wall and blew up. But I, I'm fine, and so we go through the, I didn't even know that happened, by the way, where we, we ended up gaining access and, um, we get in the building, we, we do all the, everything, and at the end of it, uh, I had blood like all over my um, self or whatever. And this guy's like, hey man, you're bleeding. 
I'm like, I don't think that's my blood. <laughs> like, it's got to be. And uh, he's like, no, no, look at your face. And I, I was like, oh, dang. And so, uh, but that's the only thing that happened to me. And so I get home that night, and, um, you know, we do the debriefing and everything. And uh, I'm changing out of my, you know, stuff that I have on. And my shorts uh, underneath my pants have holes all through them. Yeah, so, like, that type of stuff right there, like, it, I mean, and, 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 and I was fine, and I lived through that, and God protected me, and he, I mean, like, that shouldn't have happened. I mean, and so I look back at that, and, and even in that time, and there's, there's more stories. I, I, I'm not up here to tell war stories or anything, but that's just, like, the, that was one night. I did five deployments, um, and so that's just one, like, instance where it almost ended for me. And I did five of those, and it was every night, just constantly. And so that was the frame of mind that I was in all the time. And, um, you know, and God saved me, and he, he, he protected me. And like I was, I was about to say, that even in that moment of, like, all that stuff happening, like, miraculous stuff happening, keeping me alive, I, I never looked back and acknowledged that that, that was God. Like that, I, I just thought, oh, maybe, you know, his, I don't know, I tried to rationalize it in my mind because I didn't want anything to do with church. I, yeah, maybe his weapon was full of blanks. His buddy was playing a joke on him or something. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't know. Like I, I, I tried to rationalize it um, in my mind. But, man, I look back now, and God was with me even when I didn't acknowledge him. Like, God was right there next to me, and even stateside when I was over here and acting crazy. I used to pray for that someone would rob me so I could, like, have a taste of what I did over there, over here. Like, I would, I would literally pray, God, please, uh, you know, um, if there's a, a, a person that is going to rob someone, can it be me, like, that gets robbed so I can... Like, for real, like, that's the frame of mind I was in, man. It was like... <laughs> It's like, yeah, uh, and then, you know, um, yeah, so that happened, all that happened, and so that, that's where I was, and in, in, in 2010 was when I really, um, you know, started, like, hitting rock bottom. Our marriage was, was garbage. Uh, the, the, the amounts of alcohol that I was consuming were not normal <laughs> for a, a guy my size, like, I, like, Man, my drinking was, like, out of control, man. Um, and there was other stuff that happened. And so I finally had enough. Uh, I, I, I saw a need for a change, right? And, that, and that's important, man. When people say, like, what caused you to change? Like, what? the first thing is I saw a need for change. Like, I recognized my life was going nowhere. Like, I, I, I recognized that, that if, if we were going to bring any children into this world, if we made it that far... Uh, something's going to have to change because uh, our life is a mess. And so um, I ended up getting out of the Army. And, you know, my life was, was our life was getting better, but it wasn't perfect. Uh, you know, but it was, it was headed in the right direction. And, and, you know, whenever I got out, I was dealing with um, issues in the military but what I had in the military that, that soldiers don't have when they get out is they have that, that constant 
of I'm, I'm in the army. Tomorrow I'm going to go. I'm going to show up. I'm going to, you know, do my day, and then I'm going to go back home. Like, they have that, like, that is never going to change in their life. So what happens is when we get out, and we've, we've gone through all that, when we get out, we don't have the army. We don't have anything. Like, you're just out. And you have your life, and that's it. Like, you're just kind of lost. And so, like, I had no solid ground, like I was talking about. I was still in the pit. And, <clears throat> you know, um, whenever you get out of the military, they, they give you, like, a psyche valve. And I was all messed up, man. I, I, I was all I, – I showed up uh, to, the, to the psychologist or psychiatrist. I don't know the difference. It's one of those people that tell you you're all messed up. <laughs> I showed up there. I showed up there, and my file is, like, this thick, right? And he looks at the file, and he's, like, thumbing through this stuff, and then, like, he asked me some questions, and I was like, I don't really want to be here. And uh, he looks at me, and he's like, man, he's like, you, um, you're, like, always going to deal with this stuff. Like, we can give you meds. We can give you counseling. Um, but you're always going to deal with this stuff. And I was like, dang. I remember thinking just, like, so that's it? Like, the rest of my life, I'm going to be useless pretty much, you know, because I couldn't go anywhere. And, you know, I couldn't, like, we didn't go. Well, she went to church. I never went to church. I didn't want anything to do with God. And so I thought, man, uh, like, if this is my life, man, my life is going to suck. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I'm here for the rest of my life, and I just have to make the best of it, I guess. Uh, and then I got a hold of... Uh, this scripture, 2 Peter 1, 2. 2 Peter 1, 2 says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So what this scripture tells me is, it's, it's like an equation, man. It's like, if you want peace in your, I had no peace in my life. If you want grace and peace in your life, it comes in abundance through the knowledge of God. And so it's already there, but through your, you know, rethink God we have on the back wall through your knowledge, your precise and correct knowledge of God, you will begin to see change in your life. And that's, that's what, what happened. That's what happened with me, man. I just started realizing that I was accepted. I just started realizing that I was loved. Me, I, how I was, no matter what I did, no matter what I went through, you know, uh, that reckless love was violently pursuing me, like, like what she's saying up here. And, I mean, I, I, my truck um, is a 2014. It's kind of old now, but um, when I first got it, it was almost brand new. And so it had, like, for back then, it had all these, like, bells and whistles, you know. Now all the cars come with them. But one thing it had was automatic start. That's nice, man. I know it's illegal. Is it legal in Colorado? It's called puffing or something. You're not allowed to leave your car. The key's actually, okay, I was about to say because I break the law all the time. Like, that thing's awesome. Yeah. So, anyway, it had automatic start. And when I first got it, it was, like, brand new. And I was like, oh, this thing's nice. And so I tried to make the start work. Um, and it wouldn't work. And I was like, oh, dang. I was like, well, it's, it's still really nice. And no one will know. And so I just dealt with it, you know, I was just like, oh, whatever, and um, <laughs> we were, where were we, somewhere, we were somewhere with, with Pastor Mike, and he's got a, a truck that has that same feature, 
F-150, all that. And so he, he does it, and his starts up, and I said, man, um, I wish mine did that because it's newer than yours, and you know, it kind of makes me feel like crap. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he's like, oh, it does. And, and so what he did, he grabbed my keys, and he pressed the lock, and then he pressed the button twice, and, and it started right up. And so, yeah, I, I, I felt really dumb then. But that's the same way of, of what I was, I, I was doing. Like, that Ford, like, I owned it. It was mine. It had the automatic start. I just didn't know how to access it. I didn't, like, my knowledge of that truck was limited, and so I wasn't getting everything out of it that I could have been. The same is with God, man. Like, like I didn't know God's love, you know. I didn't know that no matter what you do, no matter what you go through or where you are in life, that God is violently pursuing you with his love. And when you realize that, um, I mean, the possibilities are endless, man, like for your life. Um, <clears throat> Isaiah 26, 3 um, says this. It says, you will keep... Uh, in perfect peace, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So perfect peace, man, that's like what we all want, right? We want peace in life. And coming from a place where I was, where I had no peace, and I have, I have peace now, man, like every year, man, I get, I get better and better. I'm not perfect by any stretch. I still struggle with all this stuff, but man, peace. It's, you know, uh, you keep, he keeps us in perfect peace when we know about him, when we, when we uh, rethink God, you know, when we realize what's on the inside of us, um, we'll have perfect peace. There's a story in, in Matthew. I didn't give him this because I skip around, but it's in, if you want to look it up uh, on your own, it's in Matthew 14. And it's a story of when, of when Peter uh, gets out of the boat. Everybody heard this story? Yeah, so <clears throat> there's a storm. I'm going to paraphrase it because it's kind of long. But there's a storm. The disciples are in a boat. Peter wants to walk to Jesus, right, because Jesus is walking on the water. And so he gets out of the boat. He steps out of the boat, and he's looking at Jesus. So he's on, you know, you can read it. He's, he's on solid ground, right? And so he starts walking towards Jesus in the ocean during a storm. And... Uh, and when he sees Jesus, he starts walking, and then he notices everything around him. Uh, the storms, you know, we could say it's the storms of life if we want to, you know, draw a parallel there. But um, he sees everything around him, and he freaks out, and he, he takes his eyes off Jesus, and he starts to sink, and he cries out for Jesus. And Jesus is right there, you know, gra- going to grab his hand and pull him up and set him on solid ground. And I believe that that's the same way with us in life, man. Like, we can go through life, whatever it may be. My situation was, happens to be the military and, and all that stuff that I dealt with. Your situation or anyone you know can be totally different than that. But either way, you're not experiencing peace and you're not on solid ground. And so that story right there, man, as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can walk on solid ground. Uh, but, man, if we... You know, like me, man, I would start to think about, like, all the stuff. I'd get my mind off of, um, you know, uh, the good stuff in my life. I'd get my mind off of the acceptance and the love that, that God has for me. And then I begin to sink. 
and I would begin to sink back into that pit that we talk about in Psalms. And then I would look to God and, you know, look to Jesus. And then I could just feel the love pull me up out of that. And now I'm constantly up out of that pit. You know, when I start to sink, I look at, I look at uh, the knowledge of God, my continual knowledge of God. And I think that's the key, um, really, into what got me up out of the pit, man. Like, people always ask you, okay, well, what, what, what changed you? Like, you know, you know, you can talk for 20 minutes about your life, but unless you leave people with something practical of, like, what caused the change in your life, then, you know, they probably just not listening. <laughs> so what changed me? The two things that changed me. Um, the two things that changed me is the first one is I was willing to change. I was willing to change. I saw a need for change. I saw my life was total crap. And I didn't want that for my wife, for our, if we ever brought any kids into this world, which we did, three of them. So <laughs> I, I saw a need for change. And so I knew that if I didn't change that I was headed for divorce, death, destruction, prison. Because I was pretty crazy back then. Um, and the second thing was my, my knowledge of God's love and acceptance. I believe when Peter started sinking and Jesus was right there grabbing his hand. And when he looked in Jesus' eyes, he saw the love and the acceptance, even though he failed in that moment, that, that, that he got that love and acceptance. There's something about looking in someone's eyes, like when you're having a conversation with you, you can tell by body language. And Jesus was a human, obviously. Uh, Peter was obviously a human. And so I think when, they, when he reached down, man, I, I believe, I, I don't have anything to back this up, but I believe that he saw that love and acceptance in Jesus. And it says in the Bible that perfect love casts out all fear. And so, you know, when he pulled him up, he had no fear because he saw the love and acceptance. Everybody stand, please, if you would. Philippians 3.13 says this. It says, uh, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Dwelling on the past, it won't get you anywhere, man. It didn't get me anywhere. <laughs> I, used to, I used to spend nights thinking, going through my mind of, of stuff that I did, of stuff that I saw, of stuff that uh, happened to me. And you may be the same way. You may know someone who's the same way. But really the key is, like I said, willing to change and knowing God's love and acceptance. Uh, one more scripture and, and, and we'll close here. Um, Ephesians 2.10 says this, man. And this is one of my favorite scriptures, man. Uh, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Jesus Christ so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. You know, there is a plan everyone's life like for real everyone no matter think of the person in your mind don't say them out loud or her think of the person in your mind who you think there's no hope for them uh, whoever it may be and that was that was me I, I had a guy tell me you are the last person that I thought would ever change like out of, and, and, and I ran with some crazy people and he said you're the last last person and so if you see yourself as, as God's masterpiece and, 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 and you take that scripture, man, it says that he planned stuff for us long ago. Like 
before all of your mistakes, man, before all of the stuff that you went through, like God has stuff planned for each and every one of us, like amazing things. And the only way to tap into that is to see yourself not as who you were, but as who you are right here. Yeah, that's it, man. That's awesome. That stuff gets me pumped up.